So the sales process starts with data. Uh, identify, you've got to have, you've got to understand the total addressable market. So let's say, for instance, which I've already, I've already landed um, Lowe's, but what I, what I did is I did their total addressable market and said, there are 129.9 million households out there. Three out of four are having a lawn or garden. And then up to 80% say they are a DIYer. And 70% of those people are dissatisfied. Here's the data. Here's the statistics. Here are facts. So just know that 70% of the people that are walking in that door of your garden center are having a problem with your lawn or garden. And guess what? Your staff member might have come from plumbing. This one might have I'm solving problems, not only for the shopper, I'm solving problems for the retailer. Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. We interview women in the sports and entertainment businesses to teach you the tips and the mindset that will get you to the top faster. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. Let's bring visibility to women who are crushing it in their roles. Join us week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. We will lead you forward because leadership is female. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast, Christina McInnes. We are very happy to have you. Can you tell us who you are and what you do? Hey guys, I am Christina Warner McKinnis. I'm a fifth generation farmer. I'm from a family who's been farming for over a hundred years and I now have four children. And so a little concerned about the sixth generation farmers I'm raising, but I am the CEO of Agritech Corp and we are an ag tech business that is changing the way people farm, micro farm, hobby farm, do landscape for their lawns and gardens. I love this, and I'm so excited to talk to you today. We have never had a farmer on the podcast, and as we were chatting before we hit record, I have my family has roots in farming, and I know that a lot of our listeners probably do as well, so I think we're going to have a lot of fun um, talking about leadership, talking about farming, and I want to know, how did you get there? How did you become the CEO of this company. So I tell people all the time, I didn't want to. Um, So I worked for the family business and my father asked me to do an audit of our garden center. Now, let me take a step back and tell you the reason we have a family garden center is because my dad was raised in a family where there were farmers, six boys, two girls and raised by my grandma, Lily and grandpa EJ. And they farmed and they did sod and they did it great. But what happened is, is there was lots of hurricanes, droughts, different things that affected the farm. As you can imagine, there's always hardships on the farm. Well, Grandma Lily said, I'm going to take the crops to where the customers are. And she did a garden center in Pensacola, Florida, which was almost an hour away from the farm. But what she did is she brought the farm to the city and began that whole operation of making it easy for consumers to reach the farm goods and the sod and so forth that the boys were producing, pumpkins, turf grass, whatever was on the farm so that it could get there more easily accessible. And so she really did, in all honesty, save the family farm. And um, so that stayed in our family through generations. And dad asked me one day, he said, I want you to go do an audit and listen to the customers and give me feedback on what they're saying. And I came back and I said, well, dad, they all have a problem with their lawn or garden. And they're coming to the farmer and expecting us to be an expert. But 
how can we be an expert to them when I don't have their soil test? And I said, so I had to send so many people to the extension office or, you know, in some places, a private lab and, you know, different closures were going on. And then what happened is after six weeks, the customer who went to get the lab supplies barely knew how to collect the sample. Um, didn't run it back to the place where the lab or the extension, they put it in a shoebox, spent $17 shipping it where it needed to go, got the results two weeks later, came back with a sheet of paper. And by this time, six to eight weeks has passed and they hand me the sheet of paper and they have no idea how to decipher the results. So it's like, great, I did what you told me to do. And this is the most important test to base the whole entire, you know, healthy growing off of, but now what do I do with the results? And so you'd have to spend time taking, okay, let's two pounds of nitrogen, half a pound of phosphorus, or, and then, you know, you got your potassium and all the different, you know, balances. And then you got to go to the guaranteed analysis on the nutrients and say, oh, okay, but your pH was this. We got to add this amount of lime. And then we've got to do this and put, let's go over here and get you a 15 of 15. And then this, and this is your, and they're looking like with their eyes wide open. And so I tried to find a test in the marketplace and I said, okay, let me just find one that we can use all over because we have garden centers in all different parts of the nation. And that way we can unify it. We can try to help give a unified answer. And I couldn't find a marketplace. I tried the capsules that look like your little pool company. And it told me to go get the blue top. And I look and I had a brown and a peach and a pink. And, and then I had a purple. And I was like, oh, I guess the purple is supposed to be blue. And then it didn't even work. So um, I, I developed it. And I just said, Dad, I need $50,000. I'm going to develop this soil test. It's going to give us the results real easy. We're going to take some pain points out of it, put the shipping in there, you know, make it faster, more efficient. And then one thing continued to lead to another. And it was, you know, either the garden center asking, well, can you write it to my specific products? Or, hey, can you ask these questions at registration so I can learn more about my customers? And then you had the customer saying, well, I want to be able to connect to my local extension office in the report. And I want to know what the ordinances are. And I want to know this. And, I, and so like it kept this huge ball of I want more and more and more. And this process became unquenchable. And then I suddenly realized I'm not a soil test. I am an ag software experience. And they are looking at me for not only here's the lab, here's the product, here's the garden center. I'm going to provide the software experience. And then the more that they want in the process, that just changes it virtually. So I all this time thought I was just a farmer and just agriculture. And now I've moved into, oh, guess what? Yeah, you are a farmer, you know, ag, but now you're going to get to know software. Um, so that has been very interesting to get to this point and even more so to just sit back and then admit what I am and say, I'm not just a farmer anymore. And this is not just a soil test anymore. This is a year round experience providing so much more than just the lab results. So the cool thing about this story is I think it's what a lot of us encounter in our business, but you had the courage and the knowledge to pursue an answer and a solution to the problem that was being presented, not only for you as the garden center owner, but for multiple locations and countless individuals to solve their problem. There was a problem in the marketplace. You found a solution and you went forward with it and then ultimately created this experience and this much larger company than you probably initially envisioned when you asked for that seed money. So 
the agricultural industry is considered pretty male dominated. So what is your mindset about being, being a female CEO? And do you ever feel like the only woman in the room? So that's fun because I, you're right. Farming is male dominated, but I can tell you this in farming, there is always a strong woman next to him. Yes. She may be in a different place in the farm, but here's the funny thing. My grandma Lily was on the forklift, but yet my, my other grandpa wouldn't let me get on the forklift, you know? So we always were sneaking around trying to do things that we weren't supposed to do. So it challenged us to always want to do more because stereotypically you weren't supposed to do that. And so like the fact that like part of the highlight of my life was I need my forklift certification. I'm so excited to get my forklift certification because stereotypically I wasn't supposed to. It challenged me to do more. And and the funny thing is, is this is true with girls on a farm. We have to work double hard. There's no other way to say it. We have to outwork the boys. And that is what happens. So on top of as we get older, it's not only do you have to work the farm, but you, you know, stereotypically need to get the food ready, balance the children and, and carry a much larger burden. And then, hey, guess what? You can go load the forklift and get things and get on the sweet potato grater. So I'm lucky in the fact that I was allowed to do a lot of that, sneak around and do the male roles. Now, when I'm with other farmers who do not, you know, maybe not have as many females, it is fun to get around because I know how their stereotype is. And so I can relate very well to um, a farming community. They're stubborn. They're hard headed. They're 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 very much uh, uh, just strong in their ways. And so when I'm around that, I don't wear my emotions on my shoulder. You got to be able to take it from them because that's just their personality. So I'm, I'm used to that and I don't get my feelings hurt. So I've been I've been raised pretty well. And I'll tell you that. So like it's time for a cow to birth a baby. And my dad would come get me in the house and say, Christina, load up. We're going to get this baby out. Mama's having trouble. And he's handing me the chains, wrapping it around the calf's leg, going to my car, putting it on the car. We're going to try to pull the calf out, you know, save the calf's life. And then, you know, being able to like experience that makes me a stronger person. And then sometimes the mom died during birth. And so as you can imagine, um, that baby calf became Oreo and the other one was butterscotch and they slowly gravitated up to our house. And so at six o'clock in the morning, they're bellering for me to get up because I got to go bottle feed them in the morning. And, you know, you learn a lot of hard lessons on the farm too, that make you stronger. So um, there's been times that, you know, like animals can't make it, they're injured um, and different things happen. And you learn um, a lot of the circle of life really on. And I'll never forget one thing um, in my Girl Scout, I had to raise a baby chick from an egg and I love that baby chick. I had this little chicken, we raised a chick. And then it came time that I had to cut that chicken's head off. I had to defeather it. I had to cook it and I had to eat it. So I can tell you this, there was a part of me around high school and early on where I became a vegetarian and I gave up all meat and became anemic quite quickly too. So you, you learn a little bit of hard life balances. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. These stories, you, you, I was going to ask you about overcoming any feelings of not belonging, but what you really just described is like 
you're stubborn too. Like you're pushing yourself into those spaces that might not have been traditionally welcome for women. And you kept raising your hand saying, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And pretty soon you're driving the forklift. Pretty soon you're helping birth the the calves and just really supporting the farm and the family in any way possible. You should see the picture though. I have it of me cutting the chicken's head off. They took a picture of it. I'm like maybe about 13, 12, 13 years. And my nose is just as snarled as ever. I'm like, got the good the knife raised. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You know, because you have to take, you know, you have to take the life that you've cared for, but you knew all along, like that was the project of the cycle of life. So yes, yes. Uh, uh, You have to be a little bit stubborn on some of those things to get the job done. Yeah. I mean, side note, like we're so disassociated from the circle of life and the food chain in this country. And I think that that is like a great reminder if you're eating chicken on your salad today for lunch, like it came from somewhere, right? And someone like uh, Christina had to um, get that ready for you. And it's something I think that's very important. And you said you had four children. So they're being been, being raised in this environment um, that they can hopefully pass on to the seventh generation. Well, I'm not, I'm not allowing them to have animals that they name. I've, I've yeah. explicitly told my husband, we will not have cows, goats, chickens. And if they meet them in the eye and they name them, you're done. You're not sending them to the butcher. They're not having a hamburger. <laughs> yeah. That's a good, that's a good rule. That's hard for a kid. That's for sure. Uh, well, on the the business front, you won the Alabama Rural Own Small Business of the Year Award this year. Mm-hmm. What did that feel like for you? I imagine it was validating. And do you feel the award was reflective of the five generations of farming or the beginning of a new chapter? I think it's both. I think I think number one, uh, farming is one of Alabama's number one industries. We have good soil. We're known for it. We have wonderful natural resources, and we respect the farmer in Alabama. And so, to have something we're very used to to get an award, I think that not only it gave the story, but it's showing how there's a new new journey that's going alongside of what's been formulated for generations here in Alabama. So to be recognized as What's next in agriculture and farming for Alabama? I thought that was very humbling and exciting. And it just continued to reassure that, you know, the state is my cheerleader. I mean, how many people I had Yo Johnson as my small business development officer, which is provided by um, the state through state resources and through small business association. And to have that free resource that I started with when I started the business And then not only that to get this award, but if you knew what she had to navigate me through during we had COVID hit, I didn't know what PPP meant, EIDL, um, all of the different acronyms that were coming at me so fast. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know what shelter in place meant. We have hurricanes and we would shelter in place for 24 hours, you know, and to shelter in place for months at a time and to navigate this whole process with them. It felt like in some ways. I think my officer and I got that award at the same time because we really felt like we had just been beat up by just the circumstances that were so unprecedented during the time that they've asked me to write for this award. I mean, not only COVID and navigating that, and then we had, she had to get me on webinars and even questions of, do I choose a community bank? Do I choose a large bank? Is there this? Is there that? And then on top of it, if you're familiar with Alabama, we had Hurricane Sally come into the Gulf 
She was supposed to go west. She came right up the mouth um, of the Gulf of Mexico. She sat there. She strengthened. Nobody had guards up. I had three trees on my house. I didn't have internet. I had trees all over my car. Our office was flooded. So like, as you can imagine, kids are e-learning, COVID, mass. And at that moment, like the world felt like we were in survival. No, we went into survival mode. We had to find water. We had to find food. I had to help the neighbor get her medicine on ice. We, I mean, you, you really... We really went through so much to get that award. And then during that award, we were able to have an opportunity to make it with Lowe's at second place. So like it was such a surreal time to go back and go. It really deserves like a documentary because sitting in front of Marvin Ellison and here, you know, we had the whole Lowe's, you know, team, the CEO and the team and and they had shipped a box to me. And, you know, and I'm sitting here going, I cannot believe I'm about to go on this, you know, and have to say why I'm better than someone and why my product needs to be at Lowe's. And, and then like to have a one-on-one conversation with Marvin to relate to me and say, talked about his grandfather, who was a farmer and how they think this is the next DNA of how people are doing their lawns and gardens. And so to have these opportunities born out of a time that were seemed so destructive and so unprecedented and so shutting down. And I mean, I was so doom and gloom. It was the most amazing time. So I'm super humbled by the award. I feel like uh, the Small Business Develop Center needs it just as much as we did because it just was unbelievable. I mean, what a lesson in resilience. You thought you were born into resilience as a farmer, but this was like next level. Yes. (laughs) You should have seen the e-learning though, like having to tell the teachers, like, I got to have the Wi-Fi for me. We didn't have fiber. So I was like, I got to have the Wi-Fi. And I didn't even know what Zoom meant. I was trying to understand Zoom. And then I needed the Wi-Fi. And then my kids get on e-learning. They crash my meetings. And I'm trying to help with distributors to hold on to POs. And I'm like, don't take the POs. I promise. But garden centers were shutting down nationwide. So, oh, so glad to be on the other side of this. But to, to say that that also showed me how to be disciplined and trained for this. Like you've got to wake up and be incredibly disciplined to say, how do you make the most out of what's where we are currently and navigate out of this? Such a great point about discipline, especially when you have this chaos around you, your entire day could go in a different direction. And you really had to stay focused on uh, keeping your business on the rails. And meanwhile, you've got, trees on your house and a flood and internet crashing and four kids. Like, how did you, what did you do when you woke up in the morning to like, keep everything moving in the right direction? Well, again, it goes back to discipline and training. So you, you know, uh, um, who is it? Is it Clint Eastwood that says, I never let the old guy in, you know, I never let, I never let that in. And so I, I wake up every day, I'm disciplined, I'm trained, you get up and you get in the office and you get to work. You know, you put the, some days, honestly, you got to put the big girl panties on and you got to put the boots on, but you got to get in there and get to work and just work smart. And with your product, you're revolutionizing soil testing. What does it feel like to be on the forefront of a new business idea in a business that has such a legacy? The whole, if it ain't broke, don't fix it um, is probably a bigger hurdle you're facing than, you know, we think we might've faced in our career. How do you sell your new ideas to those who might be resistant to change? 
So here's how this goes. We think that it's not broken, but the problem is, is it's so broken. It is the way that we are feeding our plants, our grasses, our trees, our blueberries, our hydrangeas. It is so broken. We just go and we get a bag off the shelf that has a picture on it. And then we go put out however many we feel. And you know what? We feel like putting out five pounds today. We feel like putting out 10 pounds tomorrow. It's so broken. And the reason I know this is so broken is because you can go down, which is why University of Florida is one of our partners in Auburn, is because there's so much misuse and abuse of fertilizer nutrients. They are dealing with so much algae bloom and their manatees are starving to death because they're coming up the Indian River and other rivers to get to the marine beds to feed. And all of those nutrients have caused algae bloom, kill it, and then the manatees are dying because they're starving to death. So what's happening is, is we may not see it in our lawns till a little bit later. The whole earth is seeing it. Okay. So other people, there's residual effects that go off by these actions. So what's, what's so amazing that if you use the right product, the right reason at the right rate, not only are you doing what's best for the manatee swimming and the fish that are swimming and the dogs that are swimming in the ponds, but you're doing the best thing for your crop. And then you're also doing the best thing for your pocketbook. So like, Everyone wins when you start with a soil test, but I want to really go into, it's just not the test. It's the whole experience of it. So Capital One is one of my mentors and I did one of their programs. They have a, they have a um, catapult program that they help with supplier diversity. And again, I was chosen for one of those programs and I really encourage any small business out there, especially um, one of diversity and minority to really look at these mentorship programs and get in there. I've learned so much in Capital One, uh, Will Ashburn, he said, Christina, think about it. You're just like the credit card. The credit card is the catalyst that begins the whole process. He said, the soil test is the, the test, the catalyst that begins this whole process. This is not just, to say, oh, I can get a test. I've got these capsules. No, this is, hey, this is Christina McKinnish. You're gonna grow this blueberry bush and you know what? You need to be at a 5 pH, but your lawn needs to be at a 6 pH. And your blueberries need to feed on this during the year. And this is how often. And then your grass and your lawn, because this is a fescue, needs to feed at this amount of time at this nutrients. And you learn to nurture the things that matter to you outside. And that helps with your curb appeal, you know, home value, and even just eating healthy too. Like your blueberries are just going to just downright taste better. I don't know about you, but I love learning more about myself. If there's a quiz out there to help me better understand who I am, I'll take it. If there's a journal prompt, I'm using it. But how about a business that helps female leaders communicate effectively while inspiring confidence and trust in those you want to impact? Sign me up. Breakthrough Brands is unlocking clarity for women leading progress. They build leadership brands for women to discover what inspires them, define what drives them, and unlock how to share their brands with others. Do you want to gain clarity on your personal brand? Shoot me a note at leadershipisfemale at gmail.com or on Instagram, and we will introduce you to the women who will help you unlock your leadership brand. That's breakthroughbrands.com. If you are listening to this podcast, I know you are a busy professional. We can agree we are always looking for products that are convenient and make life easier. Mobot water bottles are one of these products. It's a water bottle and a foam roller in one. I use the water bottle at the gym, staying hydrated in boot camp and then flipping the bottle on its side at the end of class to quickly foam roll my legs. 
It helps with recovery and gets me back to work faster. Get yours at mobot.com and use the code leadership is female, all one word, to get 15% off. Support Lonnie Cooper, the female founder of this product, and support yourself. This is a must have wellness water bottle. At Leadership is Female, we are serious about supporting you in your career. That includes the tips to get you ahead inside your current organization or provide you with the next big opportunity in a new role. That's why we have partnered with Legacy Search, an executive recruiting firm specializing in mid to senior level executive searches across professional, collegiate, and minor league sports. Check out the openings listed at LegacySportsSearch.com or in our monthly Leadership is Female newsletter. Hint, if you have not signed up for the newsletter, head to leadershipisfemale.com. If you find a job listed at Legacy Sports Search that looks like it should be yours, email us at leadershipisfemale at gmail.com and we will introduce you directly to the opportunity. This is your career. Make the most of it. Yeah, it's, um, you've come in to fix a big problem and there's a lot of education that goes around that. So what is your approach when you are um, looking for a new retail outlet? Like you want to win a new account. Where does that sales process start for you and your team? So the sales process starts with data. Uh, identify, you've got to have, you've got to understand the total addressable market. So let's say for instance, which I've already, I've already landed, um, Lows, but what I, what I did is I did their total addressable market and said there are 129.9 million households out there. Three out of four are having a lawn or garden, and then up to 80 percent say they are a DIYer, and 70 percent of those people are dissatisfied. Here's the data. Here's the statistics. Here are facts. So just know that 70 percent of the people that are walking in that door of your garden center are having a problem with your lawn or garden. And guess what? Your staff member might've come from plumbing. This one might've, I'm solving problems, not only for the shopper, I'm solving problems for the retailer. And then, you know, to be with one of the, one of the, you know, nationally retailers, you know, being able to solve problems for them and their customers is amazing. And then working with University of Florida, I'm helping them solve problems for nutrient overflow to their manatees. I mean, that affects their waterways. They're providing more resources, more information, so that when you're in Florida, you can click ordinance maps. It talks to the APIs back and forth, and you know exactly what county you're doing. You can read your ordinances. You can really connect to the fact because a lot of people just do the wrong thing because they were not given the knowledge at the time. So how do I do it? Go get the facts, solve the problems. It's as simple as that. And how do you hire people who are just as passionate as you? Oh my goodness. Okay. So that's the most important thing. Funny enough, right now we're all women. If you would have ever told me beginning this, I'd have an office full of, of women and mom. I said, no way, no way. And I, the, the biggest part is for me to understand that I am not the smartest person in the room. My team are the smartest. So when I come and say that we are the smartest team, we're coming because we're a team. Christina's smart at this. Candy's smart at this. Hannah's smart at this. Molly's smart at this. Stephanie's bringing this. They are, I sit on the meetings and, I, and I'll and i just downright tell Candy some days. I'm like, I, I, this is my weakest point right here today. I don't know the difference between a coupon and a promo code. I'm sorry, but you need to break it down for me. Let's go through the process of why it is. And 
we got to be, so we're each really, really sharp on what we do and what we bring to the table. So hiring, I've learned, I hire way smarter, talented, and in this case, women than me. Hmm. Oh, that is a beautiful answer. And also one that it often takes leaders a long time to learn. The leader feels like they need to always know all the answers. They need to be the smartest person on the team. Um, But I think what we've unveiled is that you have to hire smart people who are really talented in their areas in order for your entire team to up-level. Yes. So what advice do you have for people who have big ideas, but don't know where to start? Okay. So I'm a little harsh because I've been raised by strong women. So don't ever take my advice as negative advice, but someone needs to speak truth over you and your day. Someone does. So if you're starting, always start with your TAM and your facts. And you may think that this is the greatest idea ever. And you may think you're the next unicorn and you might be, but you are that one in a million of a million of a million of a million. What you can do is start with, is there a need in the marketplace? Do you have that idea? Have you validated it? How much cash do you need? Do you have capital to run this and a business plan of it? And then admit that you may even see circumstances like COVID like a hurricane that are not in your plan. And how do you prepare for that? So not to be negative, but really be realistic and real with yourself and then over prepare that the project may run over and the budget may run over. And you've really told us about so many mentors and programs that have helped you out in your uh, growth of the company. How important has that been to your success? So definitely, I can tell you this, I did do two mentorship programs, Making It With Lows and then Capital One. Huge, huge. I encourage, but and my small business development officer through the SBA. I encourage every small business to start with your small business development officer. I encourage you to do the mentorship programs to learn from other people who are walking in might be different shoes, but we're all going through what payroll software should I use? What customer service software should I use? We might not, but we have those programs. So being able to do that kind of discussion and have feedback from people. But then also I've I've really been blessed with, which is why I guess farming does. Family and faith has come into that also huge for me. I mean, I can tell you on the darkest of days going through what I thought was going to shut down the business, the family was there and my faith was there. And um, even like in the midst of it all, I, uh, in my devotions one morning, I had, um, Kings 1846, which is about, um, I've got to go back and make sure I say this correctly for you, but it's Elijah. And it talks about how you have to outrun the war horses and you have to be trained and disciplined because you're going to receive, um, that there are some great challenges that occur. And that doesn't mean that God has left us. And it just means that we, have to have the ability to outrun the problem someday. And so I really do appreciate small business development, making it with Lowe's, Capital One, and then the faith and family that goes alongside of that, which, as you know, very much ties back to the farm. Yeah. I mean, the leadership lessons you're displaying here between hiring and running your team and also asking for help, finding help, finding the programs that are going to support you are totally evident. And also not being afraid to uh, tell people what you don't know, right? Right. And then help and let them help you find the answer. There's so much decision-making that goes into starting and running a business. And I don't think anyone can be expected to know all the answers. 
No, no. And that's also fun because even like my uh, peers that I went along with, with making it with Lowe's, I've got Tafik who's Lola's hot sauce. And then I've got Joe who does uh, a deer hauler and it was us three and we came in, but we still talk. And I can even remember I asked Tafik like when I was trying to move from QuickBooks to NetSuite, I'd call him up and ask him, when do you know, you know, just, you know, and having other peers that go along in these classes with you were very different, but we can pick up the phone and have very similar conversations. Oh, that's so awesome. So we talked a little bit about what life is like on the farm, um, but now your kids, some of them you have launched um, into, into college. Tell us a little bit about um, what the sports look like in your household. Okay. So that's, what's so great. So my oldest two, um, she, she's now fresh, but she did last year was um, they both play for the most winningest coach in the nation in high school, coach Ann Schilling. And they call her the goat. She's amazing. She's, and it's, she has talented players for sure. But when I tell you that woman is talented, she loves them on and off the court. And it's probably one of the most amazing coaches I have ever been around. And um, so <laughs> So we have, we're on the road to state right now. We are, we're actually, I'll be traveling to Birmingham tonight to watch one play. And then um, my daughter, my third daughter, Charlie, she's in eighth grade and she's, they're all taller than me, but Charlie's just about taller than me. And um, so she is playing varsity on another team and they're on their way to state too. So I have, I'm traveling around year round with a bunch of six foot um, daughters who play volleyball. And then I, I openly say this, I hate football. I hate football. I don't like football. And I gave birth to the most football loving boy you could ever imagine. And I mean, when those helmets hit and that, you know, everything, I, I just cringe. And he is so in love with the game. He strategizes, he watches it and he, he loves the game. So I am always on a court. I'm always, you know, but we, I say this all the time. I'm chasing their talents because it's so fun to see young kids find their talents and then harness them. And then and some days you win and lose and then learning how to navigate in the losses, because I think we live in a society where everybody wants a trophy. Everybody wants to be fair. And sports teaches them that that's not how it happens. I mean, I can tell you for sure, the fans of the opposite team have posters and they're chanting their ex-boyfriend as they're trying to serve to throw them off their game. And they're doing all kinds of mean things. On You know, they've learned to navigate, number one, a loss number one, a win, and then sportsmanship. So it's fun watching them chase their talents. And alongside what they don't realize is they're learning life lessons that they're going to use in their careers too. And so being in the hot seat on the way to state with coach's legacy, there's nothing more that a player wants than to please the coach, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of pressure right now because this will be their 22nd in a row. And, and by the way, my second got on ESPN, you know, that last year's shot was just amazing. I mean, it's a big thing. They, they'll cover them. So she got a highlight on ESPN and, and she's there and she's under a lot of pressure and I can see it. And I just remind her a couple things. I said, listen, I said, strong women are called to do hard things. And you've been called here in this moment to do hard things. And I want you to remember a diamond is only made with heat and pressure. So here's where we go, Georgia. I'm like, it's time. It's go time. So, and, and of course, coach would say, let's go. So, you know, you have to always be encouraging. I let them come to me and talk to me about things, but uh, it's just really understanding that that what you see on the court in the field is very similar to what they're going to see in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Well, they've got uh, one strong mama and coach mama, CEO mama. You, ha you have 
a lot going on in your life and you're full of energy. And I have to ask, like, how do you, and what are your tips for enjoying this big, beautiful life you've created when there is so much going on and and not getting too stressed out? So stress, unfortunately, does come with this, any any side of where you are, whether um, maybe at my time of life, I was a stay-at-home mom, or maybe, you know, I, I am here. Stress curse. You have to admit that it's going to happen. And I, I honestly can tell you, <laughs> unfortunately, here's your, here's one of your favorite, a lot of the favorite sports quotes. Um, if you want to make everyone happy, don't be a leader, sell ice cream, Nick Saban. So I have to admit that I'm going to experience pressure. I'm going to have to put on my big girl panties today. Some days I put on stilettos, some days I put on boots, but I wake up every day. And I honest to goodness, I can tell you this. I pray over my kids every day. And I said, this is the day the Lord has made. Let me rejoice and be glad in it because I know it's going to be hard, but we're going to face it and enjoy it. But don't, I mean, to say that it's not going to be stressful, is just not being real and authentic. I love that you highlighted that quote. If you want to make everyone happy, don't be a leader, sell ice cream. What a great reminder for us, like in those tough moments when you're like, oh, I have to deliver a tough feedback. I've got to tell someone they're doing it wrong. It's like, hey, if you don't want to be a leader, sell ice cream. But I think we're all listening to this podcast because we want to level up. We have to deliver tough truths and we want to live these big lives. And I think that you're, you're such a great example of that. Thanks. I appreciate it. So, all right, let's get into the final four questions. What is your top piece of advice? For women today so that they can level up tomorrow? Um, I, I honestly think you should be real with who you are and be real with yourself and be authentic and understand you're going to make mistakes, understand you're going to express, uh, go through stress. Definitely provide yourself the resources around to get through the hard days because the days are going to get cloudy. There's going to be rainy days. There's going to be hard days. So surround yourself with a support system and talented team and be authentic and true to yourself. Where are you traveling to next? I'm chasing talents. So if we're talking about as a mom, I um, I will finish meetings here in Montgomery. I will jump to Birmingham and I will be on a court or a field constantly throughout all over the Southeast United States. Um, and then uh, also, I don't I don't know if this matter we're going into business. I will be having to step offshore um, with my husband to do a vote. We have uh, we do private insurance. So we have captive insurance. So we have to step off and vote and come back in again, going back into sometimes you got to get creative with business. So we have restructured insurance in the business and we step off um, and do our vote and then come back in. So between chasing talents and businesses, that's that's my travel. Love it. Okay. What is your pump up song? Okay. I got to make sure I pronounce it correctly, but okay. It's definitely um, Sweet Dreams by Eurythmics. Did I say it correctly? Eurythmics. It's a, I love that song. I'm a girl of the eighties. So Sweet Dreams, Sweet Dreams by Eurythmics. Love it. Okay. And then finally, what is your favorite quote? Oh, okay. I'm going to choose two uh, since I talked about them in the podcast. Um, it's the Bible verse about outrunning the war horses, 1846. And then let's just go back to Nick saying, I can't believe I hate football and I'm an Auburn fan and my daughter goes to Auburn. So I think I should at least humble myself to say, 
you know what? Coaches got some good things. If you want to make everyone happy, don't be a leader, sell ice cream. Well, this has been such a fun interview and I love getting a woman leader from a different industry than we've talked about. I think you've lent so much advice for us. Where can we follow along with your journey? Okay. So follow along at Soil Kit and you can do us on Facebook and also find me on LinkedIn, Christina Warner McKinnis. So between, you know, all of the soilkit.com and LinkedIn, find me there. I'm happy to connect. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Time is your most precious resource, and it means the world that you spent it with us. Please help us reach more people who need to hear these interviews by hitting the subscribe button and the five-star rating on your iPhone. Do you know someone who could benefit from this interview? Please share it. Take a screenshot and post your Instagram stories, copy the link and share on LinkedIn, or text that link to your colleague. The Leadership is Female podcast exists to showcase female leadership in sports and entertainment and give you the tips to level up. We will extend a hand back to lead you forward. Extend the same hand by sharing this with someone who needs to hear it. One last thing. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at leadership is female. Now take this lesson and run. Let's go. Let's go.